Welcome to Coffee and Change. I'm Bill Kirst. As a business professional, a U.S. veteran, a lifelong learner, and an active listener, I help others navigate, understand, and adapt to our ever-changing workplace and world. As a third culture kid, I call many places home. Presently, Seattle is where I explore my creativity through the power of words and images. In this podcast, we journey with our guests, gaining knowledge and inspiration from their stories. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. I met my next guest sailing somewhere in the waters of the Eastern Caribbean in 2014. Kanan Cox began his career singing on cruise ships and is now one of Nashville's fastest rising independent artists. As a true entertainer, Kanan is what some in the industry might consider a triple threat, actor, singer, dancer, and now has director and producer credits under his belt as well. Having been a fan since the first time I heard him sing so many years ago, it was my honor to welcome Kanan to the show and hear stories of change as an independent artist. Enjoy the listen. It's like on the artist side, I mean, it's you're, as Gary V says, you're constantly putting out fires as an independent artist. And if you want to do it right, like, we, I come in with a year with a plan. Like I want to do this song and like I have a distribution. It's pretty much the only thing that I have behind me. Distribution posts Spotify playlist, the Vivo to other things that what gets dis- distributed. Um, but other than that, it's just me and I release this song at this time. And then we're going to give this amount of time for that to do its thing. And then we're going to do another song. And then this is going to happen. And this is here and this happening. Um, and so there's a lot, and that's just the artist part of like content, music, and you still got the disposal of everyone else's time, my producer's time, this calendar. So you set yourself these big goals. And so I think most of my frustration comes from, obviously not everyone's going to be on your schedule, trying to do stuff. And that's what we're doing. I'm like in that middle right now. It's like, cool, we've got the next song ready to roll, but we just like got the mastering right under the wire. I'm like, we're on this video. And so it, it's, um, there's a lot going on with this and it changes every day. So that is what takes priority. That's the, the priority is, you know, keeping the artistry part alive. And that's this part. And then there's the touring side. Like I book my own shows and you, you also have a band to worry about. So it's like they could easily go and they go and play with other people. Like Nashville is not, we're the band, you know, I've got my core dudes and I message them Well, hey, I got something that they might already be booked. So there's that level of it, you know? And so it's that. And then it's like, oh Yeah. I should probably play the water bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got this and like this hierarchy and this one is forever and always changing. This one the booking stuff like doesn't get done unless you put some effort into it. And this yeah. one's just like, I'm probably going to get some mail soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get a phone call here. If something doesn't happen. But so yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot to do and a lot to juggle. And I think, you know, it's just, it's like anything, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's how healthcare works. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it's one of those things that we don't we don't realize, right? We don't think about it. We just think like artists are out there, and, and like 
I work at a company and like my healthcare comes through the, you know, the company or what, and we just think it's all the same, but it's not, especially when you're an independent artist. Right. And the other thing you said, you do your own bookings. God, just hearing you talk about that. I'm exhausted because I've seen how many places you've gone, right? Just the other night, you were at Jam and Java in DC, you were in Charlotte before that. Right. And you know, you look at the map and you're like, that's you driving your own tour van to this place that mm-hmm. you booked. So you had to have conversations with them, emails with them, back and forth, agree on a contract, like, uh, you know, timing, all of that, right? That's all you? Yeah, that's that's it. That's all. That's a lot. I mean, we, we got the UK tour coming up and that's obviously a bigger, bigger thing to, to to handle. I mean, I started working on that like in September of last year and obviously I've done one before. So it was a little, you know, you, you learn what you need to say and like I have it in a system, but it's, you know, I have my email, what I need to say, where it's going. And obviously as the artistry builds, things become different beforehand, you know, two years ago it was, you know, you're playing cover gigs. So, but even that was kind of hard, you know, trying to tour a covering, you know, a gig for enough for it to be, you know, in the black instead of in the red. And so we did that for two years and, you know, we were playing every weekend. We were out. I mean, we're just road warrior stuff. Again, not Kane and Cox stuff. I would throw in someone I could. Um, but this is actually the first year that we have, I'm only doing ticketed shows. And that's, you know, there's a lot to balance on there. And if you don't put in the work, you're not going to sell tickets. And obviously it's, it's, I can go all into a whole nother separate thing into that. But, um, but yeah, it, it's the way your booking changes. Um, it's not just, Hey, cool. Or, you know, a band we're doing this. So now some of these venues that only do ticketed shows, like, you know, they're, they're getting emails from agents, you know, from WME, from CAA, from the big dogs. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, and it's easy peasy. Like they get them all the time. And then here I am coming in and you got to really like fight for yourself. I do pretend I'm someone else. When you send the email, I do pretend Yes, I pretend that I am uh, Kevin or Josh, depending on the day. Um, and I represent Nashville artist Kanan Cox. Um, and then once we get rolling, I kind of like, all right, cool. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Kanan in here, and, and <laughs> yeah, it's, so I don't have to keep up the facade. But yeah, it's 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 just been um, that was it's that's been an evolving thing is booking your own shows. But yeah, you are are making the emails and then you'd make the reconnect emails and then you get there and the writer and, you know, making sure that the band's fed and, and all those kind of things. And just things people, you, you mentioned about like people, the things that people don't think about. Yeah. It's not just like, cool, we've got a show. Let's go. Now it's like, all right, cool. Now I need to make sure we have a place to stay. And so like, uh, so, so then I was like, cool, let me go and let me book this hotel, make sure we're good, make sure it's like close to the to the you're doing your own tour managing, which is another which is a whole job in itself. There's literally on people just called tour managers for this, which is literally someone gets an annual salary to do it. And I'm also uh, you know, do that. And it's like awesome, cool. Hey, does the venue provide food? Like, does it have something that we can possibly get? And if it doesn't, it's like, all right, well, I gotta make sure we do that. And it's like Charlotte, perfect example. Loading was at four. I did VIP tickets, which not every venue allows to, but that's something that I try to do. Um, so those were at six. So we had a load in sound check between four and six. So that, that means we got to do everything right there, get everything set up. But I was like, there's me. And then then I have food. So about a week before I found a, a restaurant that was literally right across the street from the venue called made an order 
for a five thirty pickup. And so I could just like, we did the sound check. I was like, all right, band, your food's over there. Go there. I want to set up my merch table, make sure it looks good. VIPs. Cool. Hey, sound guy, can we put on some like Bruno Mars for the VIP? Awesome. I'm going to go change and warm up. Go do that. Cool. That was just one show. And then you do that at, you know, every show. So, but I enjoy it. Like, and that's the same way with, with music videos as well. It's the same thing, you know, but anyways, that's a small part of it. So let's let's shift gears and talk about vocals for a second. Um, one of the one of the well, m- many many of the songs that I really really love by you. Um, there's an interesting thing that, that that stuck out to me, and I'd be curious your thoughts on this. The use of your own voice for background vocals, I absolutely love, and and I'd love to understand how that happens because you know you and I I think share some similar. Uh, taste for for artists we love and a lot of these artists in the r&b fashion right they do this and they have that sort of ability to where you're listening to a song and this happened to me yesterday i was listening to up with the sun uh long way home as you leave right i was listening to these and one of the tests for me Kanan, is i find myself saying okay am i singing along with the actual for forefront lyric the foreground lyric or am i actually singing along with the background right the background vocals and I found myself singing along with your background vocals to your own song. And that's like a fascinating kind of science to me. So I'd love to know how those happen, how you lay those down. Do you hear the background vocals uh, in your head and then you go lay them down? Like, I just, I'd love to know the mechanics of it, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there's always, I mean, there's music. So, I mean, usually a harmony is like a third or a fifth, which you know, if you play a chord to lay it out in numbers, you know, you have a C, E, and G. And so and that can go either way. And usually a harmony is, yeah, a third or the high fifth. Um, so you don't like hear them. I, and I honestly don't, not every singer can sing harmony. It took me a good while because I could sing since I was, you know, small or whatever, but I could never, like mom and Ray, my family, like when we sang in church and, you know, bars and stuff, I was always just singing lead. But I would never jump on a harmony because I couldn't. I couldn't hear it. But then I learned and figured it out. And so now, you know, you can sing all kinds of harmonies. Um, so you're not when you sing it. It's not that you. For me, I'll sing the vocal. That's I just focus on the main vocal. And then background vocals is almost kind of like, all right, cool. Like the producer will be like, all right, let's let's do the low harmony. You know, they're on the on the booth, and then you're just like, okay, if we're here, we're gonna go here. And then you're kind of like singing the song with it and then you get in there and like sometimes it's a weird song and it was like, that didn't go where I thought it would go or you went to a different chord and that note doesn't fit in there. But it's not like pre-planned. Um, and then and then if your voice allows for it to do it, um, you can do the fifth or, you know, sometimes there's only been a few songs where there's been a girl vocal coming in and, 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 doing, and doing that. But no, they're not like, you don't like pre-think about them. I think there was a really cool uh, Ariana Grande does a lot like all of her own her stuff even her little ad libs and harmony stuff and i mean that's a whole nother level compared to anything that's on my record or anything that's ever been on a, uh, you know one of my songs and it's uh yeah so you, you just lay down the vocal and then it's like cool we got a 17 takes of the first vocal and it's there um and then you'll go back and yeah, you just add the harmonies and then you have like an ad libs like the o's and the yes and the woos and yeah. And then, you know, and then like usually on the last course, you might do something different on one note 
or something like that. This is my worst. It's my least favorite part of vocals because there is really no form to it. Like you just kind of feel it in your bones and stuff, but you feel like an idiot in there, which you're supposed to. But you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. Woo. and you just like yell a word out. <laughs> it's like you feel real dumb. Um, and my producer that I've worked with for over you know the last year, my last EP, and all the new stuff, he knows that about me. He's like, all right, cool. Here comes your here comes your favorite part. And I'm just like. Cool. And I've gotten better at just like not really caring, obviously, you know, you're just like, which is, is the key to doing them well is because, yeah, you're just, um, just, who cares what I'm about to do? I'm just going to sing this or, you know, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how vocals work. Um, as far as like laying them down. It's interesting though, because to me, like I always wondered, and it's, it's a great opportunity to get to ask an artist this, like I always wondered because sometimes those background vocals, to me, take on a whole nother level, right? And we'll talk shortly about one of my favorite artists who you also love, Tevin Campbell. <laughs> and and I think, and I think, like, I always used to think that, like, you're in the booth listening to your main vocal, right? So it's like, or kind of doing the, like, one, one headphone over an ear. You're listening to the main track. And then I always used to think it was like, you get inspired in a moment, and then you do the oohs and the ahs on top of that. So what you're saying is they're actually done separate or are you hearing your own voice during yeah, that, you, that, those you inspirations? You usually hear what you're doing over it. And I mean, there's only been a few times, I think with my song Wish was the only time that I actually, I heard the demo enough to be able, like I, we knew we were going to cut it. And so I had enough time to like sit down and be like, oh, this would be kind of cool. Or this one would be different. Where usually a vocal day, like you just sing it all right there and then. Um, so other than that, yeah, you, you hear, you lay down your vocal and then you hear yourself, you know, the producer might throw like a little quick, you know, make it sound pretty, throw some delays and, you know, reverb on it or something. And then, yeah, you're just kind of singing on top of that and you're just low, layering harmonies. And, and then usually for, at least for me, the last part of the puzzle is, is ad libs, you know, you're just the ooze and the ahs and the, you know, and sometimes ooze and ahs become a part of the background vocals, you know, they don't always have to be you know, the song stacked or sometimes it's really cool, you know, in music today there like, and as you leave, there's this little fiddle lick that, da, 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 da. um, I think I sat there and hummed that about 17 times, but then my producer takes it, puts some cool effect on it and sound like not super fiddly. So it doesn't sound like a, you know, like a super country song, but it's like this kind of cool, you know, you can do all kinds of stuff with it. I mean, Charlie Puth is a perfect example of you watching anything on TikTok of him, you know, taking some keys and <laughs> making them sound like a tambourine or something. So, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, th I think the other, the other part that, um, that I love is you use a lot of, like I, I went, I could hear in yesterday when I was listening, you use a lot of horns. You're, you're oh, like a horn. big fan of horns, yeah. um, strings. And when I mean strings, like not just fiddle, I'm talking like a violin, yeah. like cello. Um, I also, you could hear a little bit of, now I'm going back a ways and going back like three, four years back yeah. into your catalog. But you know, um, the, uh, there's, there's elements of like an Irish Scottish, right. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of those flutes in there. Um, and, and I love that, honestly, some people might categorize it as you're not afraid. That's not my choice of words, but I'm yeah. just thinking from the standpoint of country music, right. You're not afraid to bring those elements in to your sound. Um, 
do you have to battle that all the time? Or do people just kind of know, hey, that's Kane and style, like we're not going to have a negotiation around whether these instruments belong in this sound? Well, it's not necessarily a battle between me or anyone else because, I mean, that's the, the great thing about being independent is if I want strings in it, you put strings in it. Like, <laughs> like not in that way, but, yeah, like I'm the one funding it. I'm paying for it. It's my song. Like, um, and my, Obviously, my producer sometimes. Like we did Kiss Him. We had some other stuff that went on with that song. And he was like, this, he's like, this is, he's like this, he literally said, he's like, this is a little too Canaan for me. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, obviously I want to take like feedback and stuff. And I don't, you know, I am technically under the country genre or whatever. And I, and I still will play on that. Um, but with myself, as far as fighting with myself, um, I played, I like to say that I wrote for country radio about three years ago, greener, long way home. Um, I don't know where I was just, you know, I, it's green. I didn't know anybody. I was just trying to like, you know, get someone to notice me and stuff like that. And so I was writing more for what I heard on the radio, you know, which is the probably stupidest thing in the world. No, it's not dumb. It's not, it's not a dumb thing. You know, obviously I wasn't like releasing music that wasn't me. It was still very much me. I enjoyed that. Um, but finding through all of that, you, yeah, you figure out your brand and the more and more that, I became successful at being independent. I was able to lean more into the fact of this is who I am. Um, and this is what I want to release. And especially with my music. And I think even, even now, like today, I mean, there's, there's no genre anymore. There is. And you like, but there, it, that's a whole nother podcast interview. We could talk about that. And uh, there's just authenticity always wins. And like what you just said, like this is you know, what you said before the question, you know, you were like, is this just like you, this is what Kanan wants and this was, I feel that for me, like I would, I want fans who enjoy my music. Like I think about all the time, like if I was going to open up, you know, I love, like I love country music all, you know, the, the more I would say dirt road country stuff. And I love that. I was like, but I don't necessarily know, you know, you put me in front, you know, if I opened up for, you know, I love Luke Combs. You know, I was like, but you put me up here in front of him. I was like, I don't know if, if I'm going to connect super well with this audience. Like not in the sense I, I, I love it, but them to me, connect to me. Like I'm, you know, I got horns, I got strings. I'm sure we have a blast, you know. Um, but I think about this thing and we are working on a project now. And last year was the first time that I've had like meetings, like label meetings and people come up, you know, and I got that a lot. They were like, is, is this too pop? And I'm like, you tell me, bro. Like, you're, you're the late, you know? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. Like, I, 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 And so it definitely weighed on me internally of like, oh, man, like, is this what it's going to be? Like, is this where I have to play the game? And I literally told it was, you know, this label guy, and we listened to the whole EP. And I was like, if you say the difference of me, you know, from me being where I am to selling out, you know, Nissan Stadium – is the fact that I need to put a banjo in the background. And then I'm like, like that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. And I was like, because I like I do have country roots. Like I grew up blue, let's play the fiddle, you know, I got bluegrass stuff. I was like, and if you listen to my earlier music, there is there is that in there. And I was like, for me, it's more about the lyrics. It's about the song. And I was like, I will never sing a song about like a truck 
or beer or I was like, you know, or anything like that. Not that that's anything wrong with that. But I was like, for me, I was like, I'm, I'm like a country Disney character. <laughs> like, like I want to, you know, I, I care about the emotions. I care about the song. I want to tell a cool story. And I was like, I think country music at the end of the day, that's where it started. It was, you know, it's all about the story. It's a good song. I mean, I'll dive into it a little bit about like in pop music, you have, you know, Jason Derulo and Ariana Grande pop, but then you have like Shawn Mendes and Ed Sheeran kind of pop. And I was like, if you took Die a Happy Man by Thomas Rhett and Ed Sheeran cut it, that'd be a pop song just because Ed cut it. Or if you took Perfect and Morgan Wallen released it or something, like that'd be a country song. And I was like, it's not even about that anymore. It's just about your brand. Um, and we, that, that's all that really matters to me. I was like, I, I, it goes back to the ticketed show thing. I was like, I would rather, I'd rather pay, pay, you know, play for 50 to 60 people who love my music than be in a room full of people who just want to hear, you know, Luke Bryan, Sam Hunt, the covers. And now more than ever, it, it's working. Um, we released the EP last year and not to get all data on you, but like Spotify, you know, do do your Spotify wrapped. And I was like, I don't know if they didn't have another number for it or they just like, if they just literally did like their AI couldn't figure it out or something, or they were just like, we're only going to do, there was like 999% growth, 999%, you know, growth in streams, listeners. I was like, was it really that? Or was it like a thousand? And you guys just didn't want to do four. Couldn't do four digits in a, yeah, you just couldn't fit it into your, into your, you know, your document that you made. Um, yeah. And I was like, so, and he's working and I think now more than ever, um, I want to even double down on, on what we're not double down, not be like, I'm going to do this because, but like, I don't ever want to fight myself anymore. There were times where we went back, kiss him was a perfect example. We took it to a different producer and we added a little more guitars. We had some banjo to it, but we wrote the song that the way it is it's like a Justin Timberlake and Dua Lipa had a baby. And we did it that way. And we, did, and I was like, this sucks. I was like, I hate it. I was like, it doesn't sound like me. It doesn't sound like the song. It doesn't, it takes away from everything. Um, and that was supposed to be the focus track of the album. And then there were some things that happened on TikTok that did something else. And I was like, I guess let's do this. And it's my biggest regret of last year. It's not just trusting my gut and wasting any time going back in the studio and money on trying to revisit things because a few label heads said, this is pop. And then I, yeah. And then to see that happened at the time, my numbers were nowhere near what they are now. But then it started to, then things started to happen um, on the Spotify side, on the streaming side, on the Apple side, on the things of like, oh man, like these royalty checks are starting to pay the, pay rent and, and pay for groceries and pay. I'm like, it's working. Like, <laughs> so um, it was a big transition there. Anyways, I always get lost in the conversation, but yes, I have, and I have had internal fights with myself on like, should we do this? Should that? Should we do this? Not, or should we not do this? And the only time I ever think about now is just, does it fit the song? Like, you know, I'm not going to put a horn in, you know, some aggressive pop rock song. And all of a sudden the saxophone comes out of nowhere. <laughs> no, thanks. But yeah. 
Um, I love that you talk about that from a place of authenticity and like, you know, trust your gut, right? Trust yeah. your heart, trust your gut. That's, that's ultimately the, the key takeaway there. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. You talked about being a country Disney character. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, one of your favorite songs, I think, keep me honest here, is from the Goofy movie. Is that correct? Dude, how good is that movie? <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, man. It's the best. Like, we would watch it all the time. And when we were growing up, I mean, we mm-hmm. watched other Disney movies and stuff. But, like, that that song, I think I would always sit there and try to, you know, hit those notes at the end. And oh, try the riff. Eye to eye. And I learned, I remember being downstairs and, like, listening to Stand Out. And, I like, there's, like, a whole other verse that's not even on the, yeah. on the thing. And I'm, like, singing it all out. And I'm like, ah, cool. Yeah, so... Pretty much, I can just give all of my artistry up to Powerline. <laughs> okay, well, so for for people who don't know who Powerline is or haven't seen Goofy movie, let's extract this a little bit. So Powerline was a Disney made up character in the Goofy movie, Tevin Campbell. And I'm curious, like you said, there was a whole different uh, verse that you discovered on that. Yeah. Did. Did you, did you like, did you go down a whole rabbit hole? Like, I got to find out who this voice is. I got to find out like who wrote the song. Like no, when you I were younger, did you do all that? I mean, I just love the music and like when, obviously eye to eye is the whole songs out there. And I think I just wanted mm-hmm. to listen to, you know, the music in it and found it or whatever. And then like was listening to it. And I was like, Oh dang, mm-hmm. like, this is a whole song. Like this isn't just like a, you know, soundtrack what's on the, you know, on the thing. It was like, this is a full fledged three and a half minute song. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just the curiosity of, or not curiosity, just the desire to to hear it. And I was like, cool, we yeah. found it. Let's listen to it. Expecting it to be what was on the thing. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's a whole nother verse. <laughs> Let's listen to this. Mm-hmm. It's like treasure map. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I asked that because uh, I would say year over year, going back to 1991 for me, Tevin Campbell has been my favorite like artist of all time. And I think it's because... I just don't know if there's ever a voice like that, right? There was yeah. that voice at that time. Obviously, his voice changed between his first album and the second album because he was, what, 12 when he started recording. Yeah. And um, and and it's just interesting to see now, like years later, um, how people appreciate the fact that, honestly, he was in a very similar vein as you. He had a certain sound, but everybody was trying to turn him into something else. Yeah. And ultimately, he got to the point in his career where he's like, I'm tired of like fighting that fight. I'm done, right? Um, and and now what's really interesting is he's trying to kind of emerge back as an independent artist. Okay. Um, and it's fascinating watching that, right? He's had a lot of interviews. He's been on a lot of podcasts. He's talked to people how he wants to put out his own music. And it's that challenge of like people know him as this because that's what the labels packaged him as, right? Mm-hmm. But he's like pure talent. And he's like... I mean, what a voice. And I'm just really excited to see what comes from him in the future. Yeah. Um, But honestly, when I listen to a lot of your stuff with the background vocals and like I hear early days, early days Tevin, right? I hear a lot of that R&B mix. I hear a lot of that inspiration, um, which makes sense. I guess if you love that, if you love that sound growing up. Yeah, for sure. That sound, I mean, I grew I think my first album I ever bought was um, the Michael Jackson album. Um, Mm -hmm. So the, that type of music, um, pop in the 80s, definitely. I just loved that sound. Um, 
nothing that's where horns came from. I love just horns. I think also a love of horns comes from my love of Christmas music. Um, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, definitely growing up. I mean, cause we, we listen to all kinds of stuff. So it's just weird of what you, you know, kind of held on to. I mean, we grew up, dad loves Conway Twitty. I got, you know, listen to all that. Mom still plays in a band, just, you know, like Southern rock vibes. So I grew up, you know, Skinner and Boston and 38 special and, um, all those kind of things. But I just drew towards, I mean, I you know, grew up playing bluegrass, you know, like I said. And so there was that country element to it and singer songwriter stuff. But then, yeah, I just, when it, there's nothing gets you moving, you know, like Whitney Houston, good old, want to dance with somebody? Like, if you don't dance to that song, you're dead inside. Like, you're literally dead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we, we, it definitely plays in, into that. And just even the vocally, you know, the runs and the, the not that I'm some, like, you know, going to have a riff off and pitch perfect or something. But, you know, Rascal Flats, grew up listening to Rascal Flats. Like, I could sing my guitar player jokes, because he loves Rascal Flats, too. But he like, he doesn't know all the songs. And, you know, it took about a year of us, you know, touring the, you know, touring the country. And he's like, you know, like weird songs, you know, the like B tracks of like their first album. I'm like, yeah. So their first album was incredible, by the way, like all the way through. I love that album. Yeah. All the way through. Everything. Like long before anybody knew who they were. Yeah. That was one of the songs that, like, me and my mom and my stepdad, we would sing, you know, uh, all the time, just being around or at church or we'd do some stuff. And um, I was born the day you kissed me. That song. I mean, it was just like, mm-hmm. hey, sing the kiss me song. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. hey, you got it, right. <laughs> So, yeah, definitely had an influence on vocal stuff and runs and i got to a point where i could hear i i would knew i I would listen to a new record they like just released i knew like what gary the lead vocalist was about to do you know i'm like here we go he's gonna do this you know it's like yeah there it is yeah you knew where he was going with his voice yeah absolutely that's the way i was with tevin too it was like over the years i just knew the next melody that was coming because you've trained your ear to that so much um Last couple questions for you. Um, one is, uh, I love your TikTok presence, yeah. but I'm not on TikTok. I think I'll see a lot of the stuff that you have sort of TikTok, but then reposition on Instagram. There's a story that you told, which just kind of won over a lot of people's hearts. And that was where your dad would call you every day and tell you how many followers, uh, was it followers you had yep. uh, tracking on Spotify? It was, yeah, monthly, monthly, monthly listeners, listeners on yeah. Spotify. Can you tell that story? Yeah, I mean, he's... One, yeah, my dad's my best friend. I think we've already chatted twice today, and he has already given me an update of how much we have increased t- today. There's a daily reminder, um, and if he calls me, I know it's a big number. If he, sometimes he'll just text me, he's like up eight thousand, and then when the phone rings, I'm like, all right, this is. A-. Um, and we used to do it, you know, more. I mean, he's just been a support my whole life, and you know, has always been there for me and all of this. And then last year, obviously seeing the growth, I think this time, literally just this time last year, as you leave would have just came out before that I had no help, no distribution, no nothing, just releasing music myself. And I was sitting at like 24,000 monthly listeners. Um, And then, and to put that in perspective, we're about to hit 900,000. And so as it started to grow, you know, as you leak came out and it was like, oh, cool. Like we're going up. And then we hit 50,000. I was like, oh, wow, this is never been this high. 
you know, and telling dad and just getting excited about all the things. Oh, here's a new song. Here's a meeting. Oh, we're having a meeting, with, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, as it grew, it just became more and more of a thing. Like you're on, you're going to this. And so I think around like 200 something thousand, we got up to like 250. He, it was just like on the road to 500, like we're going to get half a million. Um, and so then even me, I was like, all right, cool. It'd be awesome to have, I wanted to have 500 by the end of this last year, as in 2023, seeing the growth. Um, and all of a sudden things started just like, you know, things started connecting more and more. Some of my older songs on TikTok connected, um, which is great. So people, you know, heard that song and then never heard of me before. And then just like, he's got shit ton of music out. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's, let's go listen to this. And, um, so yeah. And then Kimberly, my wife started, she was filming it actually. Sometimes I didn't even know that she was filming. Um, and finally the other day it hit like 500,000 way before the end of last year. Um, and it just, yeah, it was just super special to see. And not that it means it doesn't, you know, I get a label head could listen to this and be like, 500,000, whatever, you know, but it, it, it meant something to us. And, um, just to see the growth, it's really hard in this, you know, in this business to like, you know, it's very, you're putting yourself out there for literally, is this good or not? And then to see it by data of like, yeah, this is working, um, and to grow super fast. Um, and yeah, now we're, we've, got a whole other, you know, plan for new music and it's already out there. And so now we're on the road to a million. That's great. Well, I, I just, I mean, as an original fan from the days of, uh, back on the boat, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, super yeah, excited man. for you and I'm, I'm glad to echo it out. You know, the data stuff is interesting because I, like you, I don't necessarily look at all that stuff, but I think somebody last year asked me like, Hey, have you ever done a run of understanding, like just how many listens you've had globally over the course of, you know, six years on this podcast? And I said, I don't, I don't really look at that stuff because it doesn't drive me, right? Like the conversations drive me, the connections drive me. And they're like, you should probably look that up. And so I pulled it down and it was like over 400,000 listens like around the world. And I was like, that is mind blowing to me, right? <laughs> like that, yeah. like 400,000 yeah. unique listens to what I've made and put out in the world. And then then you start yeah. like clicking and you're like, wow, I'm big in Iceland. <laughs> you're like, yeah, man, that's, that is cool. And especially when it's like that. And I mean, going back full, full circle, I mean, like if anyone's listening, like you just double down on, on that kind of stuff. And I mean, go where your listeners are like, anytime I run an ad, like it's business. You know, I run out, I like, see like, all right, cool. On YouTube, if I'm running YouTube ad, like my main people who are just already seeing me are like from you know, 22 to 28 or something. And it's this, I was like, cool, let's target those people. Um, not that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but yeah, I mean, you're in Iceland or whatever. I was like, that's, I love business. And for me, like if I were you, I would, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, how do I talk to somebody in Iceland? Like who's big over there? Like, how do I, who, who, who could I talk to that those people are looking, you know, looking at to be like, you know, they're already listening. And then it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. And to know that like your voice has been heard like around the world by people you you may someday meet and people you may never meet like that's an, both sides right podcast and, and performer like that's an incredible feeling yeah it's it's incredible feeling to to have that i wouldn't call it influence but it it's it the that people are listening to what you're passionate about yeah and i think that's 
that's just it. I mean, that's just life. That's success in life. That's happiness in life of, you know, like people, you know, I'm not selling Nissan stadium yet or anything, but it's, I'll get a message, you know, probably tomorrow or something. Oh my God, I heard this song and I'm going through this really rough time and your song helped me. I'm like, that's all I need today. That's that's what <laughs> it's know, about. Like, that's what keeps like, you going. Uh, yeah, that that's that's the stuff. And I mean, I think the analytics and the data like help you, you know, continue to grow on a business standpoint. But that's not what you know feeds the flames. Yeah. Um. You know, but it it's cool to see. It is. It is always cool to see. Well, Kanan, thank you so much for for joining. It was I could dude. It feels like yesterday we were just like running around the deck of a ship. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, but clearly a lot of life has happened between between then and now. Um, good luck. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, you man, know, in this you household, you've got a lot of a lot of streams and plays and echoing and telling people. I've, I've probably told more people on my team uh, about you that otherwise were like, this is this guy's incredible. Like, we're j- so you might get some people showing up at your shows. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, that I point your way. So keep doing what you're doing. All right, man. Thank you so much. And yeah, thanks for the love. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, you keep on doing your thing as well. Thanks, man.